Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. And Jeff, you've been around a lot of NFL seasons, even more than I have. And it's been strange this year. I mean, we've just seen, we've seen even the best teams in the league have gone through slumps or, or major personnel problems. It's like there hasn't been a clean season for everybody. And here we are, the end of the Vikings season, and they have all these injury problems, all these quarterback problems. They're playing the Packers at home. And mathematically, they're still in it. And yet we know that neither of these teams are particularly good or particularly prepared to go on some kind of a postseason run. It's kind of the weirdest Vikings-Packers late-season matchup I can remember for those reasons. Yeah, I I definitely agree, Jim. It's been a bizarre season, obviously, for the Vikings and and disappointing from where they were, save six, seven weeks ago when they were six and four. And even with Cousins cousins out, all of a sudden Josh Dobbs looked like a savior. They had beaten Atlanta in a miracle game. They'd beaten New Orleans at home, looked good. And then four four losses in the last five games where Dobbs and Mullins have turned it over 12 times. And, And that's a formula to get you beat for sure. And then on top of that, you have all these disastrous injuries they've had the latest being tj hawkinson on what i thought was a real cheap shot by kirby joseph to go go at his knees like that that you talk talk about these headshots being outlawed well that that should be a play that should be outlawed too and it already has been outlawed in terms of of going after a quarterback but i I thought that was a really cheap play on his part and then later he he throws a headshot at jefferson yep so He's the kind of guy that they need to get out of the game. But but back to to what you mentioned originally. Before I get off on that tangent, it it is indeed a, just a strange season. And you talk about teams like the Chiefs have lost four of their last six games. The wide receiver core has been a mess this season. Patrick Mahomes' passer ratings has dropped from third to fifteenth in the league. He's got fourteen interceptions, third most in the league. Josh Allen's been up and down. The Eagles have been up and down. Jalen Hurts has not seemed to adjust to his office of coordinator, Shane Steichen, leaving for Indianapolis. And it just hasn't been the same for him under Brian Johnson. And and his passer rating has taken a big dip. And the offense has gone down. But the defense has been even a bigger problem in Philadelphia. Again, a new defensive coordinator, when Jonathan Gannon left for Arizona to be the head coach, and, but they also lost five starters in free agency. Some of these teams have not had draft choices pan out, such as the Chiefs at wide receiver, Sky Moore, second-round pick in 2022, has not been effective. He's on injury reserve now. And he, even the 49ers had that stretch of three straight losses when they were missing Debo Samuel and Trent Williams. The Cowboys have been a bad road team, and – Lost again in Miami, and looks like they're going to be on the road in the playoffs. Not a good formula for them when they're three and five on the road. But back to the Vikings, just really disappointing the way this whole season has unfolded. And I thought it was it was just really interesting, Jim, when Justin Jefferson talked about missing Kirk Cousins in his post game media session after the Detroit game. After he does all that he can possibly do and playing as the best receiver in football, which he is, and making these great plays. And then he he beats the guy on a double move. He's open, and Mullins makes the worst throw 
under under those circumstances that I can recall by, by an NFL quarterback. That was worse than a high school quarterback would make when he throws that wobbly ball. Kind of reminded me of Joe Cap back in the day, but Joe at least got the ball there. It's just a terrible, terrible throw. If he leads Jefferson a little bit outside, it's it's a it's a it's an easy walk in touchdown, and the Vikings come away with a thirty one thirty one. Instead, it's his fourth interception. The guy is so erratic, and I thought you put it perfectly, bluntly, and aptly in in your Monday column when you said get anyone but Mullins a quarterback, and and let's see what Jaron Hall can do. And I absolutely agree with you. Well, it's good to have you on my side, and I think it should be an easy decision. Now, we're doing the show here on Wednesday morning. Um, we O'Connell has not announced his quarterback decision yet. Do you think he is uh, playing coy, or do you think they're really having trouble making this decision? I, I think I think they're probably having a little trouble making the decision because if he was going to be coy, he would wait until Sunday <laughs> to make right. the announcement, as so many coaches do, but – I think what what they've discovered in in this social social media age is you don't keep secrets very well, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and back in the day, in a situation like this, the head coach would never want to announce the start. He he wants the opposition to prepare for for all kinds of different possibilities. Josh Dobbs running, Jaron Hall as a rookie, uh, Nick Mullins with his erratic play, <laughs> and so it's it, it is interesting, but. I, I honestly don't know what he's going to do. I, I, I would think he's probably leaning towards Jaron Hall, which would make sense because why would you not other than the fact that he's a rookie, but he's the only guy that hasn't thrown an interception this year. Right. <laughs> Even he, he did fumble on one of his first snaps when he replaced cousins in green Bay, but then he had a good first drive in Atlanta and, didn't turn it over, and then he got gets knocked out with a concussion. So that's the direction I would go. Why not? I think regardless of who the starting quarterback is, they have to run the ball better yep. than, than 17 yards rushing against Detroit. Now, Detroit was pretty good run defense, and I know that their secondary is suspect, but you're kind of playing into their hands with, with a guy like Mullins who thinks he can throw it all over the lot and – uh, it's just amazing after the game that he's talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm a very good NFL quarterback. Really, Nick? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's not the time to tell us that. But but back to Jefferson, Jim. And, and he says after the game, he says, I think it goes to show the rest of the world the type of player Kirk is. It's a tough league. Not everybody's meant for this job. It's tough not having eight out there, our captain, great player. And then he caught himself. He catches himself and gives kind of a half-hearted praise to Cousins. I mean, to Mullins, it goes, not to take anything from Nick. He's an outstanding <laughs> player as well. Yeah, really, really six interceptions in the last two weeks and hanging hanging, uh, hanging you out to dry a couple times, J.J. Oh, man. It's just it's – it's been a mess. And it's just hard to win with your backup quarterback – Somehow the Browns are doing it with Joe Flacco and that they've actually got 10 wins, which is they put Kevin Stefanski in the coach of the year conversation <laughs> for, for what he's done in Cleveland against starting four quarterbacks. But it hasn't worked out quite so well for Kevin O'Connell, even though he's trying. And there have been situations where even he's made errors. We've talked about the, the tush push in Cincinnati 
but wow, it's just it's just one of those years where you where you say the quarterback position's a mess, other injuries, Jefferson's injury kept him out seven games. The secondary now is all screwed up with injuries and missing Murphy last week and then Blackman goes out and they wind up with Jalen, what I can't even remember his name, Jim. Jalen is it Jalen Williams? Williams. Or what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so he's in the game at the end. It's just crazy, crazy season. And so meanwhile, the Packers, as you said, they've been up and down like the Vikings. They've kept their quarterback, Jordan Love, in there, but he's been up and down. And their defense has been awful. They gave up 30 points to Carolina, who's the 30th-ranked offense, and Bryce Young has a 300-yard game against the Packers' defense. But who's going to throw the ball for 300 yards for the Vikings without a bunch of interceptions? I don't know. It's, uh, as you said, one of the most fascinating Viking-Packer games that I can remember, especially late in the season. And yet, as you pointed out, the Vikings and the Packers are still in the playoff race if the Vikings somehow can emerge with two wins, seems very unlikely, but it's possible. And especially if they can get by Green Bay and then go to Detroit, and maybe Detroit has their playoff spot already solidified, and they may sit some guys. So that's a possibility. But even if that happens and they win two games in Seattle or the Rams have to lose one, but that's very possible too. And I, I think what, what's always been interesting to me, Jim, and, and even back in my days as an NFL exec, I always loved to, to pour through the, the playoff scenarios. And I was kind of the, the guy who would figure out the tiebreakers. And, and you look at things that people don't necessarily think are important, but they can be, such as San Francisco gets beat by Baltimore rather decisively, by the way. And, and Brock Purdy throws four interceptions. But San Francisco getting beat in a, in a bizarre way may <clears throat> wind up helping the Vikings if the Vikings get by Green Bay because all of a sudden San Francisco has to probably play to win against the Rams in their season finale, which it didn't look like that would be the case. Now if they have to win that game at home, you got to think they're going to beat the Rams in a, in a game to get the top seed, even though the Rams have been playing really well and Stafford. And then if the Vikings beat Green Bay and then find a way somehow to beat Detroit and the and Rams lose to San Francisco, and by the way, Seattle could easily go into the New York Giants this week and get beat. So strange things have happened, and that's how kind of Seattle got in the playoffs last year when, as you recall, Detroit beat Green Bay <laughs> and, and, put, and put Seattle into the playoffs when nobody expected it. So we'll see what happens. In, in some respects, I guess, I, I give the Vikings credit and I give O'Connell credit for keeping the team in contention despite losing Kirk Cousins. And, and let's face it, Jim, if Cousins had been the starter all year, they certainly would have at least two and, and possibly four more wins, and I'm thinking about Denver, Chicago, Cincinnati, and Detroit, that at least he would have won two of those games and, and probably three or four of them. And then what would that mean? Vikings would have 11 wins and still be in the division race and certainly in good shape in the wild card. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we've seen the value of Cousins this year. And let's remember, Cousins is also winning without Justin Jefferson, which is an interesting development considering they're about to give, break the bank for Justin Jefferson. Uh, so good stuff. Hey, by the way, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. He's Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, uh, was the organizer of a couple of the best seasons for each franchise in franchise history. Uh, we are sponsored by White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com and Platinum Bank. Uh, we appreciate our sponsors. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to our producers. Thanks to everyone at TalkNorth.com who's helped me me and Jeff build the network. Uh, if you like a show, including this one, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And we do appreciate you listening. Uh, what do you think the Packers have learned this season? Uh, is it just kind of a, a predictable development season for love or or did they actually find something out about where they are as a franchise and where love is as a franchise quarterback well i think one thing that they found is they need aaron jones in the lineup yep. to run the ball to take the pressure off of of jordan love and and they need christian watson in the lineup to be that deep threat and that's when they've struggled a lot when jones and watson were out of the lineup and now they're they're back uh at least i, I think Jones had 127 yards rushing in Carolina. Watson has just been in and out with that hamstring problem that he's had. And Romeo Dobbs has come on as a, as a, a certainly quality receiver for them. And Jaden Reed, a, a rookie player. So the Packers have have talent at the skill position, kind of like the Vikings do. I, I don't think Love is as good a quarterback yet as Cousins. But, but their offensive line has been shaky and and which has been a problem for the Vikings off and on, as we've seen. And especially a guy like Brian O'Neill either struggles or he has been hurt. Even Christian Derrissaw has given up a couple sacks the last few weeks. So, so the offensive line has not played great. The running game has not been, was not good last, last week, which certainly doesn't, didn't help Nick Mullins. Uh, and again, not to excuse him for some really bad throws, on his interceptions where he not only the Jefferson play at the end, which was a terrible throw, but just under throwing uh, Addison on, on that out, out ball where he, he is open. And what, one of the plays kind of an under the radar play that bothered me with Mullins was when he did the check down to CJ ham after the, after the, the lines had taken the 23, 21 lead and his third and eight, he does a check down to ham and he's got Brandon Powell wide open right on the same side of the field, right in his line of vision, but he gets locked in on, on Ham or he's panicky or whatever. And this is a seventh-year quarterback we're talking about. Mm -hmm. it's not a, this is not a rookie. And so he's doing those kind of things that you expect a rookie quarterback to get locked in on one receiver, which is another reason why if I'm O'Connell, I'm, I'm throwing Jaron Hall in there and, and seeing what he can do in, in these last two games. Give, give him a shot. But as far as the Packers, I, I think the strange thing is that their defense has been so bad because they've got some quality players on defense. And and you talk about guys like Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark and Jair Alexander, uh, Devontae Campbell, the former gopher. It's just surprising to me that they've been really so up and down defensively this year and they're number 30 against the rush. So which would, would say, hey, the Vikings need to run the ball like they did in Cincinnati, but they weren't able to do it against the Lions, who were a better run defense. 
can they get that done? I think that's a, that's a big key to this game coming up, certainly. No doubt about it. And I'd also say that that's another argument for Jaron Hall. He can move a little bit. Uh, you might be able to do some interesting things in the game plan if you have a, a mobile quarterback. Mullins is kind of a sitting duck who, do, who throws ducks, uh, it's a, which a bad, it's a bad combination. All right, we're going to get into NFL picks. We're going to talk about some more news around the league, some more Viking injury uh, relevance. First, though, we want to thank longtime sponsor White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always happy to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore. Buick GMC, my great friend, owner Paul Rubin, general manager Charlie Gutrell, and their great staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC DR6 years running with the best selection in their super friendly freemium team, the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC wishes everybody happy holidays, happy new year, and go to their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. It's the holiday season sales event, $4,000 off MSRP uh, and 1.9% APR on new 2023 Buick Encore GX, $4,500 off MSRP and 1.9% APR on new 2023 Buick Enclaves, $8,000 off MSRP and 20, on 2024 GMC Sierra 1500 crew cabs. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also longtime sponsor, Platinum Bank. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank could be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. Happy holidays from Platinum Bank and the White Bear Lake Superstore. Yes, thank you for your sponsorship. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens. We do appreciate it. So. Vikings against Packers Sunday night, New Year's Eve. Uh, this is how many arrests over or under over or under <laughs> arrests before and during this game. <laughs> uh, well, I, I would say, let's say six. <laughs> <laughs> I will take the over. <laughs> Probably it's, it's going to be a wild night at, at U.S. Bank Stadium. Certainly. And, and we'll see how many Packer fans get their hands on tickets if, if Viking fans are bailing, which I would say would be a little premature. And I think the Viking fans would be more excited to see Jaron Hall, certainly, <laughs> than Nick Bollins at, at this point in time. <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be a, an exciting game. And if you didn't care who won, the Lions game was a really exciting game. Right. Yeah, it was. Ba down to the, basically the last play of the game. And Jefferson skying for another superhuman catch on third and 27. <laughs> Just amazing. And even the play he made bef on the play before where he recovered the fumble, which should have ended the game right there. Not only did Jim, not only did, did Mullins throw four interceptions, 
He should have thrown a fifth that was dropped in the end zone by Brian Branch. And, and he also had two fumbles in the game that he should have lost and didn't. He got lucky on one that was called uh, in, uh, was down by contact. And, and then the other one, the Lion couldn't recover the fumble, and Jefferson did. And, and speaking of, of fumbles, I think we do have to vent a little about, about the officials. And I, I, don't know how you saw, I don't know how you saw the play in question, uh, which, which could, have, could have been the play that may have turned this game in the Vikings' direction. But to me, I, I saw Jordan Hicks hit Jared Goff's arm before it was going forward. I think the ball was out. I think it was a, a terrible call, which, which O'Connell obviously agreed with. I, I'm not sure that he said anything since the game when he's had a chance to really study the tape and probably doesn't want to get fined. But I thought it was a bad call, and, and then which obviously the, the fumble forced by Hicks, recovered by Bynum, returns at 82 yards for a touchdown. Vikings would have been up 14-7. It's still early enough in the game, but instead of that, the Lions end up kicking a field goal on that drive. And that drive also included a phantom roughing the passer call on Pat Jones which was, was a, I thought, a terrible call, that he hits the guy, he hits Goff in the shoulder, he doesn't hit him in the head, and, and he also led up on the play. But as I said, it's, it's a 10-point swing on that fumble by Goff that was returned for the touchdown if, if the Vikings get that touchdown, and just a huge play in the game. Just another example of, of poor officiating around the NFL this season. We, we've seen it not only here, we've seen it elsewhere, end of the Packer game against Kansas City when – when Valdez Scantling is clearly interfered with and they don't make the call. <laughs> if that had happened, Packers would have, would have lost that game. They'd be 6-9 and nine coming, coming here instead of 7-8, and eight, and they'd be out of it. It'd be a different scenario this weekend. Just, as I said, officials and Bud, Bud Grant always said, you got to play well enough to overcome the officials, the bad officiating in the league. But sometimes... It's just hard to do, especially when you're playing your backup quarterback. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a good topic because it was a poorly fishy game last Sunday, and we see missed calls, big missed calls, all the time in this league. I don't. Is there any solution to this? Because you know, I, I've always said, hey, you're a billion dollar industry. You can afford to hire full time officials, train them full time, have them working and correcting their mistakes constantly, instead of flying in from their insurance sales jobs on the weekends and making it like a you know weekend for the boys. I mean, but then I watch the NBA and I go, these are full time officials, and they work three games a week, and they are full time. You know, they're they're employees. They're constantly training. They're constantly being corrected, and they can't officiate a game either. I, I just don't know that human beings are good at dealing with large bodies flying around and having to make snap snap decisions. It's just, I think the job is too much for human beings. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. And, and I used to agree. And, and, and Bud back in the day would say, make the officials full-time or yeah. at least at least make the referee full-time and a couple of the key officials on, on the field, maybe the back judge who's calling pass interference. And I think that may be a partial solution but yeah, to make all the officials full time, I, I don't think that's really going to make that that big an impact because these these guys are still during the season guys and and women officials now they're still doing the job. They're still showing up on Friday and looking at, at tape and and studying. And they are at training camp. They are at at OTAs. So 
they're they're doing a lot more than they used to. But I think you're right. I think the athletes are so big and strong and fast, and it's just difficult to to see all the potential penalties and all the fouls and and make the right call on, on, a, on a short, quick basis. And, and maybe the solution is to expand what can be reviewed on, on replay, that maybe the hit by Pat Jones on Goff on replay, they would have said, no, he really didn't hit him in the head, and, and let's uh, pick up that flag. But then the problem is the games get longer. And, and so it's just kind of a catch-22. It's, 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 a, it's a tough job, as you said, but I, I think they have to do a better job training the officials. They have to do a better job of correcting them and punishing them when they make bad calls. Don't give them playoff games. Don't give make it make it uh, a situation where you've got to be top of your game every week and so it, it's just unfortunate that that's still an issue so many year, years later in the NFL yes no doubt uh, and the bigger the bigger gambling and fantasy football and all these other things come to play the more these <laughs> one officials miss call can affect you know, millions of dollars changing hands across the country. So I don't know what the solution is. Let's let's get to some picks as a way of talking about the interesting games around the league. We'll wrap the show up with the Vikings-Packers pick. Bengals-Chiefs. Uh, two team, you know, one team struggling because they don't have their quarterback. The other is struggling despite having the best quarterback in the game. Two really interesting teams. The Chiefs can't function offensively right now despite having a great quarterback. It's really weird to watch. Yeah, it is, and and part of the strange thing is their defense is better than it's been yeah. in recent years, and the offense is so much worse. And partially because you got guys like Kadarius Tony dropping the ball, lining up offside, and I'm sure Mahomes has just got to be so frustrated with how the season's gone. He's still talking positive, which is good leadership on his part, but it, it's got to be really agonizing for him. Uh, to see what what has happened with his season and the team season, and for the first time in his career, he'll be on the road in the playoffs. And they're they're sitting at nine and six. It's really hard hard to believe. And and the Bengals look like they are on pace to to make a, a, a late season run. And then they go get drilled by Pittsburgh and Mason Rudolph, and Browning comes back to earth with three interceptions after he played so well against the Vikings. So it's just. This is a, a hard game to call because Cincinnati has given Kansas City fits over the years uh, and has done really well against them. I, I just think the Chiefs have to find a way to, to get back on track. And I, I think that loss to Cincinnati, because their tiebreakers are so bad, they're still in tough a tough situation even if they get this win. So I, I would go with Kansas City, but certainly wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way. Yep, same, same here. Uh, let's go to... Steelers at Seahawks, two of the greatest long-running coaches in modern NFL history, Pete Carroll and Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has found a way to once again put his team on track for a winning season, despite the fact that I don't think they're very good. Pete Carroll is winning without Russell Wilson, uh, with you know Geno Smith hurt, with Geno Smith healthy. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Now, and obviously, the Vikings are keeping an eye on this game because they need the Seahawks to lose this one. What do you see here? Yeah, I think that I think the Steelers will play them tough, but I, I just think that the the Seahawks are a slightly better team, and they're at home. And even though they've been very inconsistent this year, and certainly are capable of getting beat 
by Pittsburgh, especially with, with the Seahawks co- coming in with some confidence after getting that big win over Cincinnati. I'll, I'll t- I, I would pick Seattle in a close win at home. Yep. Same as me. Dolphins, Ravens. The Ravens uh, kind of shocked the NFL by going to San Francisco and just manhandling the 49ers. Uh, Dolphins beat the Cowboys at home. So this becomes, you know, kind of an epic battle here. Yeah, with, with really the top seed in, in the AFC on the line. But I think that even though the Ravens are coming off a short week and, and having to travel from, from the West Coast, I, I just like what they're doing offensively, defensively. They, they have some really impactful defensive players, such as Roquan Smith. And the guy that the Vikings should have drafted, Kyle Hamilton, at safety instead of Lewis Seen. <laughs> he's, he's an all-pro caliber safety he he looked really good in that Vikings lineup, in in that three safety combination, and that is unfortunately for for Quasi one that that he missed on. I, I, I'm going to take Baltimore at home. I think that the Dolphins have have been good at home, but but the Ravens with the number one seed in the AFC in their sights, playing so well with confidence after beating San Francisco decisively, and he, even though Miami has Tyreek Hill back now and, and playing well. I, I think that defense is going to get after Tua, and I, I'll take Baltimore at home. Once again, we agree. Lions at Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys continue to struggle beating good teams, continue to struggle uh, playing well on the road. But at home, especially if they get a lead, they it can be devastating. What do you see here? Yeah, Detroit has to feel that, that they're actually in the running for, for a number one or two seed in the NFC. But I see a letdown this week for the Lions, and the Cowboys are 7-0 and at home and coming off getting beat by Miami. They they need a win to to stay in the hunt with the Eagles for the division title, which I think the Eagles are going to win with a, with a softer schedule in these last two games. But Dallas really good at home this year. I, I, I would definitely take the Cowboys. I think they will just chew up that Detroit defense, which, by the way, is not very good. <laughs> and the Vikings could have easily scored 35, 40 points on them last week with how guys were running open and, and Mullins can't hit them. So I think Detroit, they they might get a win in the playoffs if they run into either Seattle or the Rams in that first round, perhaps. But they're not going to beat San Francisco or Philadelphia or Dallas. They're, they're just not good enough on defense. Once again, we agree. Now, Packers at Vikings, uh, one of my favorite sporting events in the world to cover. Uh, weird one because of the, uh, the, the the struggles both teams have had. Uh, what are you looking for? You know, Not only who do you think is going to win, but what are you going to be watching for in this game? Yeah, this, the Vikings are trying to sweep the Packers for the first time since 2017. Mm. Jim, which was back in when Aaron Rodgers had his collarbone busted by Anthony Barr. Yes. <laughs> and so it's the teams have basically split every year. I think the Packers had one sweep in there. I just have a hard time seeing the Vikings as depleted as they are injury-wise. With When you're missing three uh, uh, Pro Bowl caliber players at least on the team with, with Cousins and, and uh, Hawkinson, Brian O'Neill has been in and out of the lineup, and that, and that's just on offense and the defense, the problems in the secondary, and now now DJ Wanham out of the lineup, who was having a really good year. Although Pat Jones had 
probably his best game as a Viking, so maybe he can step in at that outside linebacker spot and and, and play decent. But Wanham was having a really good year. Uh, kind of un- very unfortunate for him. He's in a contract year, and, and now he has to deal with, with that torn quad. So I'm going to pick Green Bay because because of Jordan Love compared to whoever the Vikings started a quarterback. And I, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a competitive game. And again, another one of these games that, that could certainly go the other direction if the Vikings are able to run the ball, which they should be able to do against a 30th-ranked rush defense. But just so many injuries, so much kind of negative karma lately with four losses in the last five games. Even though Green Bay is, is not a great team, as you said, very inconsistent and barely survived Carolina. Lost to the Giants previously. So I'm going to take the Packers, but I think the Vikings could easily win this game too. Yep. Once again, we agree. Uh, good stuff, Jeff. Thanks for everything. Uh, let's uh, We'll be checking in with Jeff again next week as we approach the final week of the regular season and start segueing into the playoffs. We appreciate everybody listening to Jeff's show and talknorth.com, and we will talk to you next week.